0: That's what they said, Kathy. Uh-huh. They said, you're no J.K. Rowling.
1: Well, only J.K. Rowling is J.K. Rowling.
0: You didn't invent no wizard world. Uh-huh. That's that's what they say. And I said, yeah, but I made this song. Alligator balls hanging real low. Dragging on the bottom of the bayou. Always getting stuck on a log or rock. Fish-biting at them all day. Aha! Take that, J.K. Rowling! Yeah, Take I'm- that! <laughs>
1: i'm sure if she heard that she would be quivering in her boots going oh my she god she would be quivering <laughs> in her
0: quidditch boots is what she would be quivering in oh i just god. watched a documentary on jk rowling you know and just all the magnificence and just her incredible journey in creating this entire you know gugaplex universe uh of storytelling and uh and I knew by the end of it, I would be butthurt. I knew. I just knew that I would be butthurt. So then I'm whoa, like, you know what? i done-
1: Why are you butthurt listening to someone else's success story?
0: Well, because I, you know, mine is much significant. Uh-huh. You know, we are of service and we got our, our you know, the Church of Cock. Uh-huh. And, uh. And we do have our followers and we're all kind of intertwined and and we have a fantastic listener segment later. Uh Uh, We'll just call them cock worshippers now, Uh, you know, (laughs) at the church of all our pee -pee Zams, all of our patrons, all of our zombies. We're all cock worshippers in the church of consensual kink. No, that is perverted. We're
1: not. You know, that's going to end up offending
0: someone who's all, "Hey, hey, hey,
1: I don't worship cocks.
0: Hey, 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 then move the fuck along, bro, because oh this God. is the Church of Cock.
1: No, it's not. It's the Church of Boogie Gets to do whatever he wants, I think
0: is what it is. Which is means it's the Church of Cock.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it... Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Perverted podcast. Scared that your desires might be strange? Perverted podcast. Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Hello and welcome to the World of Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and better than fucking Harry Potter perversion.
1: Oh my god, recording live from our laptops in Los Angeles and Texas <laughs> as Boogie posts even more pictures of himself mowing lawns. I'm Kathy. <laughs>
0: Oh, you saw those,
1: huh? Oh, I did. Picture after picture of you mowing the lawn. How domestic can you get?
0: Mowing lawns on those little lawnmower tractors, which they're fun for about the first 15 minutes. And then after you've inhaled about 17 pounds of, you know, loose, wet, Texas, bug-filled grass, you're kind of like, I'm going to want to get off this thing now.
1: I've heard... uh... I've heard that uh, your balls vibrate when you're on that thing for too long.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe that would be kind of a thrill for you, Kathy. I mean, (laughs) Kathy's been riding that mower like she's filled up the gas like 16 times. My labia would
1: be very happy.
0: You're just like literally just a swarm of bugs flying around you. You're dehydrated. But you got this giant smile on your face. Uh-huh. And that lawn is mowed,
1: uh, Kathy. I'm going to go mow the is... neighbor's lawn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> every every single fucking yard in South Texas has this crazy woman on a John Deere rideable lawnmower That's going, right. i do your lawn! <laughs> I picture it. No, it's been uh, a, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into the chores, but I did post a lot of pictures because, you know, this is, this is the country, you know, and it is literally the 100% stereotype man comes from the big city to country and now it's chores and, you know, sucking spiders off the, you know, with a vacuum cleaner off of the porch because there's 300 of them in their web network and you know, scraping doors and you know stuff like that. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? So you're basically
1: living the movie City Slickers.
0: I am I'm living but yeah, but it's like I'm not riding a horse, <laughs> which I don't think I want to. The tractor, the little the little lawnmower rider thing is pretty cool. But Boogie, but yeah.
1: Boogie, I've got to tell you something. At some what? point in your time in Texas, I want to see pictures of you on a horse. I'm just
0: saying. They, I, yeah, no. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No. Nah. Do it! Hey, Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I like horses. Can you see the sad look on a horse face? <laughs> I jump on one. You just see the knees buckle.
1: I want to see the picture. No, you're going to do I it for think, me. I don't think
0: that's going to happen. But you know what? You got the you got the goddamn lawnmower picture. So
1: <sighs> I guess I'll I'll have to do with that.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But you know what? I did actually have some kinky fun this week. Ooh, I am. What?
1: What? Am On the lawnmower, a, right? I
0: mean, uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. I put a butt plug in. And, <laughs> uh, and now had shot through the top of my head. Ew. And now I have no intestines. It's Gross. just like an anime. No, um, no, I actually did a role play with Bunny over the phone because I don't know if you listened to her her fan fiction review last week. Uh-huh. That she talked about. You know, the story was kind of like. A god and, you know, a mortal. And she really connected to that. And we've done a lot of different types of role playing. I'm Kylo Ren and I'm Professor Snape, but she's like, Hey, I really got really excited by this, you know? And we, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, not a problem for me, ex preacher. So <laughs> I was talking to her and I was talking to her, Kathy, and literally she's like at her parents' house where she lives. She talks to me in the garage because, remember, none of my partners other than Mew's uh, family knows who I am. All the other lovers, I am a complete mystery. I don't exist. So she goes into the garage and sits in her car in the garage to talk to me, you know, so nobody kind of hears. Just, you know, then i start problems. I'm an old guy. She's young. You know, why start the shit? Right? right. So while she's in the garage sitting in there, I'm like. You know, of course, our conversations are like house things and whatever. But, of course, it's always going to stray to the fact that we miss each other and, oh, all of the kinky stuff we've done that we have delighted the perverted podcast audience with stories and stuff like that. And then I said, I'm going to take you on a journey right now. And I basically hypnotized her. And did an induction like we kind of learned, you know, when we were studying hypnotherapy. And then, of course, we had, you know, Muse Friend come on and teach uh, a little bit about hypnosis. So we used some of those skills. And I brought her on this like journey. I said, put your hands flat on your thighs. And she had her speakerphone on and started having her breathe. And then it took a little while to get her comfortable because she was nervous. And then I became God. And I started taking her on a journey in her breath inside of herself. And of course, it got sexual later. Um, Of course. (laughs) And every time she she breathed out, whatever you want to call the soul was reaching out from her and grabbing energy from the universe. And every time she inhaled, it was bringing that power back into her. And it was just this whole breathing regimen of internal and external and she went for it. Bunny is really, really good at going for that. And of course I was having the energy that was coming in from, you know, all the nebulas and stars and galaxies and they were coming in and they were brushing over her breasts and, and down between her legs. And, and it was just this very fluid. Uh, role play and, you know, at the end I would ask her questions and she would say, yes, God, yes, God. And it just was, it was just very fluid. It was a very fluid, organic thing. And I just kept it going for like maybe 20 minutes. Mm hmm. And then I brought her out and I brought her out with a three count and you will feel refreshed and completely relaxed and rejuvenated. You have now experienced the creation, you know, because, you know, I did the I did the Christian thing. So I understand the concepts of creation and God and, you know, all that stuff. Wow! And it was freaking awesome. She came out just like, whoa, she's all that was amazing. And and she told me her journey and she went into the nebula and, you know, the just she just went and and it aroused her you know i didn't want her to start masturbating in the garage you know with her parents sitting out there so (laughs) i kind of just made it a little teasy and then and i said god is is not wanting your body and your holes at this time so i'm going to bring you all back and then put you back in the house
2: wow and
0: uh and so it was kathy I know during all this where everyone's shut in and we can't see our loved ones and, you know, it's tough for a lot of people. It was still incredibly fulfilling to be able to have a power exchange and to just take control of her mind and just bring her somewhere. And to at least. Yeah,
1: that's quite a power trip. That's um, I mean, I'm so happy that you were able to do that, but I'm not going to lie to you. You as God is kind of creepy. It's creeping me out a little. <laughs> You're taking this Church of God thing too far.
0: No, I am not. <laughs> Kathy, all of my creation is joy. There is suffering in all of the things that I've created because there's conflict and obstacle in order for us to enjoy all of the things that I, as God, have made.
1: Don't even go okay. there with me, man. <laughs> Save it for Bunny.
0: <laughs> First off, baby... I, as God, created that goddamn John Deere mower that you're going to be riding over to all the neighbors. I
1: do not I created
0: it. vibration. <laughs> I created vibration. You did, I can make you come right now, but I'm cre- not going to. You
1: created my labia. That's true.
0: That's it. I made it flippy. Well, so if, you could tickle it. If I <laughs> believed
1: in a God, then uh, that would absolutely be true. God would have created my labia and my sexual organs. There.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I'm i pretty sure that on the scale of gods, I may not be the coolest, you know, with the most powers because I am just pretty much like, okay, God, you know, I want you to be happy and I want to fuck you. I'm pretty, you know, not not very dynamic, you know, in my godness. Your
1: superpower is but mowing sh-
0: lawns. <laughs> my superpower is mowing lawns and sucking spiders, pouring <laughs> toxic chemicals onto... 40 year old doors with lead paint and shocking paint everywhere. But uh, you know, and and fucking, you know, that that's a pretty good power. But cool. it was, it was, it was really exciting. It was really exciting to add that in and it was very natural. And I didn't feel stupid and arrogant like having someone call me God I thought was gonna be like, oh come on, please, really. Um but in the headspace where I was more of a, a loving God, you know. Instead of like a, I am God, you will worship my cock and stuff like that. It really wasn't like that.
1: Well, role so play it, is, is great when, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have a willing partner who is getting off on it or enjoying it tremendously, it's such a fulfilling experience to have that other part, uh, your other part, your other the person participating in that be into it that it can, you don't necessarily, I mean, this is a weird thing I've noticed about role playing. You don't necessarily have to say, oh, my God, that's a kink of mine or be into it. When you begin down that path and you engage with someone else who's willing to do it, and willing to suspend their belief and, and go down that path with you, it's it's a very fulfilling feeling.
0: I completely agree. And it it makes me really excited about Bunny's segment, her fan fiction segment. And... At first, I was kind of like, well, people like the segment because, you know, they like Bunny and they want to hear from Bunny. And it's kind of fun to hear her talk about sexy stuff because Bunny's super sexy. Not to say this mean, but fuck the listeners. Her segment, every time we do it, her and I get new ideas. We get new ideas for role play. and And especially during the pandemic and being shut in, this is really the time to discover those types of things to go on these journeys because we just don't have the options that we have usually when we can go to clubs and dungeons and and really explore. This is really the time where you kind of have to be creative. So, it's been great just doing this segment just for my selfish and her selfish purposes.
1: Well, Boogie, we're all here for you. You know that.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but I also kind of hope that the listeners are getting it. That they're good because we haven't got a lot of response. If you guys like this segment, can you please email at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and say if that's helping and getting ideas or give us because we haven't gotten that much feedback about it other than, oh, it's great to hear Bunny and stuff like that. I'd really like to get some kind of interaction on that. But I'm going to keep doing it because that's it's it's making my <laughs> sex life fucking survive.
1: Tell us what you think. But we don't really care because we're going to do it. <laughs>
0: fuck him, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I ride lawnmowers now so At I least... can do this show in an air-conditioned room.
1: At least you're being honest. I appreciate that.
0: I'm <laughs> being honest, God damn it. Did you get any dick this week?
1: Well, you know, we're not, I'm not a creative explorer because you and I are recording on a weeknight, but Okay. Last weekend I did get some dick. We're we're finally starting <sighs> to get back into it.
0: Thank fucking me. Jesus Christ.
1: But I will tell See, you I did that. that Z- ah, yes. Church of ah. Cock. I saw that.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh,
1: Are you going to start wearing long flowing robes, boogie, and
0: carrying around a Bible? No, they're hot. Just suck my cock. What? Go on. <laughs> tell me about Dick. <laughs> the Lord wills it.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that's, that's a sure way to get me to shut up. All right. No, um, it was good, but I have to tell you I am having a little bit bit of a problem finding out how to it's not the how i know how to do it but he's not being as i'm just gonna say it as mean Mm -hmm. as i like
0: oh yes is it because it's been is this because it's been a little while and he's got to kind of he's like stepping on ice a little bit
1: well it could be i don't know although i will say that even before we were in this little slump because we were all both so busy with other things even before then the the harshness of our scenes was starting to wane a little and uh do you remember when we talked a couple of shows back and somebody did a fet life post about um how their kink is their partner's inner conflict, right? Yes. If, if you're watching somebody, you could see somebody doing uh, a a really harsh edge scene and say, "Oh, that's a sadist." They get off on on inflicting pain, but you would have no idea what's really going on in that person's head and what's getting them off could be some completely different. And the pain, inflicting pain, is just a way of getting there. Well, for creative right. explorer, he's he, not into he's not a sadist, he's not into giving pain, but he knows that for me, the more he does it, the more subjugated I feel, the more of a submissive I feel, and that's a huge turn on to him, and so he will gladly go there, he has no problem going there, but um, I don't know, I think just us getting off base for a while, for a few weeks while we, we went through a weird phrase... Uh, has made him back off a little, and I'm like hey i'm this is the classic submissive conundrum. How do you tell your dominant what it is that you want? I don't know what the answer is. It's just that it's always hard to do. It's not an easy conversation to have.
0: I think first off, thank you for sharing this with <laughs> me and the listeners. I think this is this is really good. I also think it's absolutely something that, as you have found in the past with Creative Explorer, your conversations are going to yield better results. Oh, yeah. And oftentimes, you you do find that. Um, I'm curious as to, because he's very methodical and and he stores a lot of information in his head. We all know this. We've all known of this guy for a long time. Right. So in during that slump, maybe was there certain insecurities of yours that came to life? That he wanted to give some respect and distance to and maybe you haven't communicated with him that you have now strengthened past those types of things. Well,
1: you are actually hitting on a good point because he does take all that into account and uh, he may very well subconsciously be, I don't know, behaving in a very careful way. That that actually could be it. I, I think I'm just going to have to uh, do the hard thing and have the conversation. Smack him in the nuts. No. I tried that, Ruth. I, Ruth, I tried being really. Um, did you bite? Did you lie and bite his dick? I did not lie and bite his dick. Oh, my God, Kathy.
0: You are, uh, you I are metaf- on Amazon. That would be great.
1: <laughs> I, metaphorically, I did. I gave him so much sass on a text that I I thought for sure, the first thing he's going to do is grab me and just lay into me. No, he didn't. He had other things on his mind. I'm okay. Well, that's not working. I'm going to have to take the straightforward approach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do? What'd you do? What'd you do?
1: I I actually mentioned to him that I'd like to talk to him after we had sex. I said, you know, it just feels a little bit weird. I don't think that we're back on track. And I've let a week go by. And I think this weekend I'm going to sit him down and say, hey, we need to talk because I'm not... Exactly getting to where I want to be, and I've let enough time go by to see if it would just happen on its own. That that now the conversation has to happen.
0: Do you want God to maybe intervene in that conversation? You know what? To get you guys barking at each other, get you you howling at the moon, get you feeling (laughs) them juices.
1: Dog. Dog god thing is just making god, me all dog, creepy. Yeah, no. You are a dog god.
0: <laughs> we'll light some sage, you know, so, you know, draw a pentagram in the floor, I'll make you guys lay on it, and I will say, obey. Fuck like animals, like you're gladiators in a
1: pit. Look the last and That your thing...
0: fuck is determined no. on whether you will ever have freedom or not. Alright.
1: I do not want you in my head when I think about anything having to do with sex. So stop it! Get out of there!
0: Whatever. No, whatever. I make that <laughs>
1: no, you could not. You are not God. Say, I, I want Calabia. you. Just remember to that. repeat these words. I boogie am not God. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can I be got a little? <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Fet Life is the place. Wow, 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 wow. Talk about genital torture in subspace. Wow, 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 wow. We share our kinky thrills wow, 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 wow. with perverts from around the world. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about Fet Life,
2: motherfucker.
1: Okay, so I have a post from Nightlight13 who wrote something called Predatory Doms and the Unfortunate Reality of Discussing Ending DS Publicly on FetLife. And she says, yesterday I wrote a post about how it's difficult for me to have self-discipline in the sphere of domestic tasks outside of a DS dynamic, as I've recently exited one and found that all of a sudden those things are far more difficult to do for myself than someone else. And almost immediately, my inbox was flooded with messages, specifically from doms who were all expressing their sympathy, telling me that they'll give me the structure I so desperately crave. (laughs) (laughs) This is predatory behavior at its finest. Offering a hand up to someone in an emotionally vulnerable state, while it's so clear that you're doing it for self-gain, tells me a lot about you as a dominant. It says that you are not above manipulative behavior. It tells me that you have a savior complex and want someone who will be emotionally dependent on you. Someone who meets this criteria will be more likely to overlook your flaws and excuse a lack of respect and your own self-discipline as a dominant. I see your manipulative bullshittery. I can spot it from a mile away. My previous dominant taught me an awful lot, but most of all, what a good dominant acts like. I no longer tolerate manipulative and abusive behavior the way I once did. I no longer give my time to people who display those traits and suck me in. And I'll continue to own myself and struggle along until someone worthy of my submission makes it clear that they value me at my strongest and at my weakest. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's right, baby yeah yeah but okay no but it was a good post and it and i did leave out parts where it would have made it clear that um she's absolutely she says that she's had dominance in the past who were friends who helped her in that capacity so that she's fully aware that there are people out there dominance out there who have a great deal of integrity and who simply want to help you without any sex involved because they understand how a submissive needs that. So she's she makes it clear she's not talking about those people. She's talking about the assholes who send her emails saying, "Hey, I'll do what you want, baby." Well, Kathy, Yales. Hmm.
0: You know, I got to play the douchebag because I'm a I'm a predator. Because I'm a douche. Because you're a I am bag, isn't that? <laughs> I am I am an absolute predator. So I think there's some. Some things that you and I absolutely agree on, and that is, even though I'm a predator, I absolutely see that I don't want somebody in a broken state. I think there's a difference between manipulation and being a predator. And then, of course, there's many definitions of predator and many definitions of someone who manipulates because we all manipulate. Everything is a manipulation in getting through life, you know. You want your kids to do their homework, you manipulate them by throwing rewards or penalties in front of them. Uh, there's endless explanations of manipulation. My term of manipulation in this situation is somebody who approaches you inauthentically and says they want to help you when they have a secret agenda to fuck you and throw you away. That I would see as the like negative aspect of manipulation in a situation like this, but Predatory means that to me, that I am a predator and I am seeking prey and I reach out and I allow people to make decisions for themselves. And so I'm going to take the devil's advocate approach in this post from the point of view that for this poster, she has represented herself perfectly and that she has said, this is what I need at the end of my relationship, depending on that relationship. And she has absolutely every right to speak from that point of view. But from the devil's advocate point of view, not all relationships end in that fragile state, not all relationships end where the person is very shattered and has a lot of work to do on themselves and has to go a certain amount of months before they're ready to start playing again. Because myself personally, Six minutes after a decently amicable breakup, I'm ready to fuck somebody. And I have partners that are S-types that very quickly after their am- relationships and amicably, that they're ready to play. So I don't think, I don't want a net cast that says that anybody that hits on you after you get out of a relationship when you say, hey, I'm single now. I don't want to cast a net that every relationship ending makes the submissive damaged enough to where you should not approach.
1: Yeah, I i I think you're trying to be ultra careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think yes. that if I'm just focusing on the post itself, she was talking about something very specific. She was saying that, performing tasks for someone else is far easier than performing them for herself and that she she her discipline leaves her at that moment when she's alone okay. and it's one it's a it's one of the the things that you can say is a fallout of losing your dominant that you no longer right. have someone to do and you suddenly find those those tasks and those chores that that you used to be told have to be done, you suddenly find that they're very difficult to do. She's talking about a very specific thing that happens when she has happened when she broke up. All right. So if we were speaking more in general, I would absolutely say you're right. Let's be very careful to determine uh, that every, uh, what it is we're discussing. Not everybody behaves in the same way when they break up. Not everybody needs the same things. Not everyone is vulnerable in the same way. Um, I think you're right. It, but like I said, if we're discussing just the post, she was just saying, uh, uh, this is one of the things that happens when, when I uh, break up and the has happened. And uh, here come the fucking vultures. Here come the, the, the ones who are only interested and who make it very clear by their behavior that they're being selfish and only interested in what they want. I have to say, and though, I, Boogie, that whenever you use the word predator, I know that just like I don't use brat the same way, you don't use predator the way it is because the the term predator, you know, is, is somebody who, who exploits in a very ruthless manner somebody else. And there's a reason why whenever you use that word, you always put the word ethical in front of it because
0: well I, and and this is where just like Brad you know we're having a conversation about different terms of predator predator in this type of context has taken on the meaning to mean unethical whereas in nature predator means somebody who hunts And that is a very primal description of what I and many people in the top position identify with and many people in the bottom position are seeking. So when we use predator in a negative way that says everyone who is a predator um, is a piece of shit and an asshole and manipulative, I have to come in there and say, wait a minute. A lot of people think the word predator is very sexy. A lot of bottoms that I've played with, and I've played with a lot of them, they enjoy that primal predator. So yes, we have to have a discussion and talk about what that means to me. And that's why I add the word ethical predator, because I'm going to tell you that I'm hunting you. I don't have to manipulate you. I don't have to say I'm going to be your buddy and help you through this hard time and not want anything from you. I'm going to put in front of you as an adult this is what I'm interested are you interested in this or do you need time or do you need whatever because I don't want to play with somebody that's all fragile and fucked up and broken just like I don't want to play when I'm fucked up fragile and broken after a relationship because there's no real benefit there's no growth there's nothing to really do you just have a broken person who actually just needs to spend some time building their relationship with themselves I've never had luck with somebody that came out of a broken relationship relationship and then all of a sudden became great while I'm in a relationship with them the second they ended that one. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. I think I do. Yeah. Um, I have to say that the reason I I liked her post is that we talk so often about... um, I don't know. So a lot of times when we we discuss fat life posts. They, it's from the point of view of somebody who has experienced something kind of bad, and they learned a tough lesson. And I thought this was a a great positive post from a woman who has learned a really excellent lesson and can now see those douchebags a mile away. So the the sad part I, to me is if you have if you're somebody who doesn't know that and doesn't or understands intellectually that there is a difference between someone who's going to exploit you versus someone who is playing with that primal part of themselves that a lot of women and a lot of people want. And there's a difference between the two. But until you learn to determine which one the person standing in front of you is, you might have a hard time of it. And this was opposed from somebody who has been there and back has seen the difference between the two, and can, as she, in her own words, I can spot you a mile away. I know the difference between an ethical predator, I'm paraphrasing, and and a fucking douchebag who's just going to take advantage of me.
0: I absolutely agree. I think that's fantastic. I'm not going to say I don't get defensive, not just at the post, but when everybody comes in and it's like a bash on the predator, you know, bash on every guy that does this kind of thing because it's not every guy that does this. And, and, and she does talk about that, that there are people that were more ethical and understood. She, this, this person needs some time and I'll just play a supporting role. I, you know, and, and I do that a lot. I have tons of friends that are female that I don't fuck that. I will never fuck that. um, I can give support and encouragement to, because I got a, a bunch of people that I can have sex with. And I also have had the the blessing in my life to learn about the benefits of that communication and how great a relationship can be when you don't just try to push somebody. Because I think I used to be more in the negative, manipulative sense when I was younger. I wasn't really a predator until I got into the lifestyle, like primally grr, but I think I really had a chance in the lifestyle to mature and find out why those things were bad, because I really thought I was doing always doing good because I was always honest. Oh, I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing and I'm upfront and whatever. But I was still doing it in a way that I didn't really understand the other person's need for for space. So I think it came from a place of ignorance. Maybe it didn't. Maybe I just didn't give a fuck and I was a, a piece of shit back then. <laughs> you know i'm not i'm not going to pretend that i'm great or whatever i'm i'm also i think i'm at that point in my life now that if you want to call me a rapist then call me a rapist i want my actions and what i actually think to work out i want to th- i want to think about these things i want to talk about these things in a raw sense and try to find how do we teach people like i used to be and worse to see how amazing it is to build somebody up instead of tear them down what do we do
1: yeah here we come again to that part where you and i uh, you have such a driving force behind you in terms of helping others and teaching people motivating them and mentoring them and watching them get past their issues and their fears and it really drives you and and it leaves me cold i have zero interest in helping but someone you, you, else along you
0: do the show but so that's, you do
1: if the you show learn, so you if you learn you do from it. me by watching i am more than happy to let that happen but i am not i just have very little interest in teaching you or pushing you along or mentoring you it's just it's not in me like it is in you it just isn't okay well yeah. that's fine <laughs> i don't have a problem with
0: that <laughs> You you do you because I know that just you being here and sharing your experiences and our other, especially now that we're having you know more listeners come on the show now, um, like we're going to have in a little bit, great interview coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I know that us working this out here and being messy. Is gonna hopefully have the the benefit, yeah. And Whether you care about it or not, I don't really. I, I gave yeah. up trying to know what the fuck your motivation been, is for doing me, this show. Let me tell you, you, know? you're,
1: you, that's not accurate. What you just said, it, you, you just said you don't care. Right. I I actually do care, and it gives me great satisfaction to know that here I am, just talking about my foibles and vulnerabilities and all the ways I fuck up. And someone can gain something great out of it. I think that's great. I do care about Good. that. It makes me feel great. I'm not going to pursue it. It's not going to be my agenda. I just don't. I don't. I, I'm going to be an asshole here. I don't give a fuck about somebody else's advancement.
0: <laughs> I'm okay with that. What, like I said, whatever your motivation is, I see what you're doing, however you look at it, as being a benefit. Yeah, and us I like that. Kind of having those different points of view is great. I I don't know how we got into this discussion about you and me. I don't Instead know. I think we we
1: should cut all that out.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Anyone that's new to perverted podcast, get the fuck used to it. Okay, <laughs> this is this is this is how it goes. This is called so organic true. conversation. <laughs> But the good news is, is for whatever reason, I I do have a passion because I don't like suffering and I don't like suffering on other people, even though I've obviously probably caused some of it in the past. And maybe even right now, people that are listening are just suffering because they know I'm God and they want me to be loving. And and I'm talking about being a predator. I don't know. But what I do know (laughs) is that my hope is, is that the people that swoop in after somebody said, and I don't know how this person presented their case online. First off, anytime you present anything online, you you know there are going to be a high percentage of people that are not adept in all of the communication and uh, interpersonal, intimate Building. They don't get it. They're there. They see your picture. They see you're open. They want to jerk off or get a reaction out of you by pissing you off online. There is a percentage of people they will not ever change. But there is a percentage, and I am one of them, who did have ignorance. And and maybe people had to tell me, just like we have to tell people that are listening to our show that there is a great benefit. To seeing somebody in a state that now they're single, they just got out of a relationship, they have said, hopefully they have disclosed in their post, I'm not looking for anything right now, I'm just trying to discover myself. Maybe we can encourage them to back off on their sexual agendas and just find the benefit of being a better human and just sending some love and support or just hoping that they find better love and support. Right. Without my dick.
1: Without your dick. All right. I think Without that, my dick. That's I know a eventually
0: once because once they get solid, you know, once they, you know, get over their thing and whatever, of course they're gonna want to come and serve my
2: cock.
1: Of course? Duh. Did, did you just say of Duh. course? Duh.
0: Of course. <laughs> because I ride a lawnmower now. Uh-huh. And who doesn't want to ride God's lap when he's cruising around? a South Texas town in a John Deere rideable lawnmower. I
1: I am begging you stop referring to yourself as God. You are freaking me out here, man.
0: You know I created that part of your mind that that has that fear.
1: That's it. And it's okay. I'm getting close to unplugging (laughs) the mic here.
0: Well I don't know what exactly we've accomplished in this post, but I absolutely
1: zero (laughs) Shut up
0: I am glad that the poster has stood up for themselves. I think that's, that's amazing when you do get that power. Yeah. And I'm also glad for the people that also end relationships in a way. Cause I just, the second I read this, I started thinking about like three different people specifically that two days after their relationship, we had like all this chemistry. But it was like, no, I'm in this relationship, so you know, that's not right. And I'm like, totally cool, whatever. I got other people to fuck. You got your your partner and whatever. And literally, I know people that two days after their relationship, they're on the phone with me going, So I'm coming over now. And I'm like, I didn't say I didn't say, Oh, well, no, you need to heal. You should take time and heal. They are an adult, and if they decide that they are ready to play. Then I am going to fuck them crazy. Yep. Without it you what know, now then if I know that they're unstable or whatever, I you know, I have my own filter and I've had people that are like, yeah, I'm ready, and I'm like, you're not ready. And if you are ready, you're not ready for me. So no, but I have had people I can think of two right offhand that was amazing and super hot and uh and we're still friends and and still talk to this day after years. So um so it's not everybody that needs that that big time of reflection and so there's a certain amount of letting adults be adults i likey did i ruin everybody's life again
1: don't you always <laughs> ruin ever everybody's life
0: <laughs> what kind of a god are you well you know a tumultuous one you know <laughs> i'm more like loki i'm definitely more of a loki than a thor that's that's for sure oh, i like okay. chaos
1: Perverted Podcast Listener Segway. Panda. panda.
0: This is your vagina calling you, Panda. Panda, I know me. I'm lonely down here. Don't talk to this monkey guy. Spend some time with me. <laughs> Don't listen to that vagina, Panda. You're going to speak to me and the Perverted Podcast audience.
2: How are you doing, Panda? I am doing great, Boogie. How are you doing? It is a magical and wonderful
0: time for us to be together. (laughs) For us to be together and commune. You filled out one of the listener questionnaires and you had some things that were really amazing. I am excited to speak with you.
2: I'm excited to talk to you.
0: That is very good. Well, then let's jump into it because I have been giggling to myself thinking about this thing that you wrote. There was... Uh, a section in the questionnaire that says, Do you have a funny or interesting or amusing sex story? And you wrote down something like kind of, I don't know what I pictured is your vagina got caught in, or- in an orgasmic auto loop of sorts. Can you please tell me and the listeners? About that,
2: so my daddy is really into orgasm training, and he didn't realize that that was a thing until recently. And he's realized that's what he's been doing, and he's has of doing it with all of his partners. Where he learns his partners, and he likes to push them to have bigger, harder, longer, stronger, more intense orgasms. And so, the longer he's with a partner, the more intense the orgasms are. And I, (laughs) I, I am so spoiled. Um, But he, he's also lucky because I am, I'm really easy. I'm kind of like feet. You can make me come by just about anything, just hitting me, sucking on a cock. I just get excited. You can make me come without really doing anything.
0: So like, if I just like cooked uh, or sauteed a pan full of Brussels sprouts and just dumped them on a plate kind of hard in front of you. That would make you come.
2: That probably wouldn't make me come, but I do love Brussels sprouts, so that might get me excited. Especially if you did them up with some bacon.
0: Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> All right then, proceed.
2: Um, so he's he's lucky because I'm I'm pretty easy. It doesn't take much in order to make me come, especially if you get me in the right headspace. So he has learned how to just make me come and come and come where I'm coming for like five minutes straight.
0: And then, like,
2: I get a breather, and then he goes in for another one, and I just keep coming, and so, like, I start coming, and as soon as I start coming down, he starts doing something else more intently, and so I get back up, so I never fully come down from the orgasm, my, my arousal cycle just, like, keeps building up and up and up and up, and we have found out that I have a limit. There has been a couple times where I have come so hard that I've, like, lost, like, control of my body, and I, like, couldn't, like, tap out. Um, one time I was running out of air, because I'm loud and I scream, so it, sometimes I tap out from orgasms just because I can't breathe and I need to take a break, um, (laughs) But what and happens poor,
0: poor dear. <laughs> and poor I know. child. There are I'm sure there are <laughs> women in perverted podcast land right now that are just feeling so much pity for you.
2: I don't get to talk about this with people very much because people End up hating me afterwards because I am very, <laughs> I am very lucky, um, and I am well aware of my luck and how much I am spoiled, and it is wonderful.
0: Uh, we're celebrating with you.
2: Um, but what tends to happen after we have these big long orgasms is I just like fall into a like euphoric laughing fit, <laughs> like um, I and I do the same thing with like really intense impact scenes. I'm, I'm a giggler through, like, pain and stuff. So you hit me and I giggle until I come. Um, and after, like, really intense scenes, sometimes I'll, like, p- like fall into, like, a, just a gooey puddle. And then just, like start laughing, like, m- like hysterically for, like, five or ten minutes. So, like,
0: maniacal laughter.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I laugh hysterically. Like, I can't control it. I'm just, like, laughing and, like, squirming and...
0: That is actually wonderful because um, Kathy and I, in last week's show, there was something on the Reddits where somebody was worrying about laughter in their play scene and like, is this right? And, you know, they can't take me serious. And Kathy and I are like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. That's like a celebration of life. If there's laughter in a scene And it can't always be like that Obviously sometimes it gets cathartic and serious But it's just it's perfect timing That you come in the next week And talk about your laughter Now then your daddy is really into this So this kind of probably pumps him up When after he's just destroyed you um, Now you're just a laughing Giggling pile of silly goo
2: Oh he turns into very proud papa He's very like proud of himself He's like look what I did it, it definitely pumps him up and makes him feel really good
0: that so. is is very good so now do you have um certain signals well cuz you know in you know in a poetic sense obviously if you came and laughed yourself to death that would be like well on the short list of ways to die that would probably be it but uh on the practicality is there some sort of signal that you guys have where you're like no really i'm I'm running out of air. Smack me, or throw some cold water on me, so I can start breathing again.
2: If I tap his head, because I tend to flail around and like smack my hands on the bed, because they just are like flopping around uncontrollably, and like wave my arms anywhere. I get very squirmy. um, So uh, the only way we figure out for him to actually know what's a signal and what's me just squirming, because sometimes it's been very disappointing when he stops and I wasn't. Ready, but Aww. if I tap him on the head, then he knows that that is. I don't normally hit him when I'm squirming around, so if I actually hit him, that means that I need to breathe or I, we need to pause something. Something's now, is there a certain drum
0: roll that you have? Like, is it a you know? Is it are you doing triplets like da 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 daddy stop? You know, or is it just pretty much tap tap?
2: Is if I hit him in any way on the head, he he knows to stop.
0: He gets that. Because well, it's,
2: it's kind of whatever I can get my body to do at the time.
0: I just picture you like one of those air things, those puppets that's in front of car dealerships that flaps their arms because the fan's blowing. I forget what those things are called, and the, uh, the arms are just flapping. That would be amazing. She has described
2: me the same way.
0: Very, very good. <laughs> it is fun to hear you describe how that works for you and have you always been that way or did you have to work over the years to kind of communicate your mind to your to your pussy to to get you to that place
2: well i've always been fairly easy like you could make me come like in like two to three minutes like if you do the right stuff um i'm fairly quick to orgasm but um the intense like up and downs like That was something that my daddy has created that was not a regularly occurring thing to me. That's something that's happened a few times in my life with certain partners, but it wasn't ever a regularly occurring thing. But my daddy is greedy for orgasms. Um, I hear it.
0: I hear that. Amen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Fellow brethren daddy. (laughs) I told him that's something that the two of you probably had in common. Probably
0: so, we'd be like. Oh, ha, ha, ha,
2: ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Probably. He, but,
0: you know, and, and that is great because that means that he has taken the time to create an environment. And, yeah, it is. There is a part of that that's very selfish where you're like, you know, you're, you know, I want you to have pleasure. But that gives me pleasure and validates me and makes me feel good about myself. And that part is. A little bit selfish, but it is it's so much fun to have stories of success that if you take a little bit of time and try to create an environment for your partner where it's okay to explore those more intense levels of arousal and good or bad, it doesn't mean you have to come. It doesn't mean, you know, you have to have a laughing, giggling, maniacal fit at the end um, but just to create that atmosphere with your partner, that we're going to allow ourselves to push that and go farther than we've gone, and see what happens. Either way, you're going to build more connection with your partner at the end of that.
2: I mean, that's the the connection that we have. Like, we have a fairly intense, like DDLG dynamic, and we're very both very, like, physically connected, like, our love language and everything. So we have a pretty intense relationship. And so that has helped us get to this point like if we didn't have the relationship that we have even we probably wouldn't be having the orgasms that I'm having because it's that intense connection the way that he he knows me and he knows how to like push all my buttons and say all the you know the right fucked up shit and get me in the headspace <laughs> to where I need to be and then he just takes it and runs with it um, but it's I mean we've been together for over a year and a half, and it's it's been a, a gradual build-up. Um, it's definitely not something that happened overnight, and it definitely pro- would not be happening if we didn't have the connection that we have.
0: That is something to definitely be proud of, and, and as an example to maybe some of our newer listeners that are getting into their new kink relationships, that it's just more evidence to put in the evidence bag that the more you guys become trustworthy with each other and create that space, usually you're going to have a better result at some point.
2: Oh, definitely. This has been the most intense relationship I've had and the best sex life I've Ever had, like, by far.
0: Huzzah, huzzah to Valhalla.
2: I'm pretty sure they're connected.
0: Well, that is very good. Now we're going to shift totally into another (laughs) world. Now that we had all the fun, you know, happy stuff, now we're going to crash it. I probably should have done these in a different order, but whatever. Here we are. So there is something else because it is a positive outcome. At the end of this, Um, there was another part in the questionnaire that people can email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll send it to you. And one of the questions is, is there something that you wished you had learned before you got into the lifestyle that you would want to kind of share with other people that you wish you knew before you got in and you had started to talk about your mental illness and obstacles, and how you wish you knew more about that. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I am bipolar with PTSD and high anxiety. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of a big ball of a disaster most of the time. However, um, and for a long time, that kept me away from the kink community because I was afraid, I was ashamed, I did all the things that they tell the subs not to do, and I'm very lucky that I didn't have any worse situations than what I did, but I I was afraid and I was ashamed because I have issues, and so I was afraid to enter the kink community because I was afraid that, you know... I would lose my shit, and people would label me the crazy person, and then I'd be done. So I figured I shouldn't bother. And then I found you guys. You guys. Yeah, you especially, Mr. Rookie. Hearing your story and how far you've come really made me see that I, I could do it. And it helped me open my eyes to the fact that I just needed to do the work. Like, going through the motions wasn't getting me the results that I wanted. And so, listening to you helped me realize that I could actually do it. I just need to put some effort into it. And um, I did the work on myself. And I got, you know, stable enough to where I felt comfortable entering the community. And it was the best, the best thing and I really wish that more people could just realize that as long as you're working on yourself, that it's it's okay if you're a work in progress.
0: Absolutely. You can
2: still come in as long as you're doing the work. Um,
0: Absolutely. And then, of course, it's also a lot of times it's because of those communications that you have with your partners or potential partners, or even just people in the community that you're becoming friends with, or people that are kind of showing you the ropes and how things work, it's okay to come out and say, you know, I'm a little kooky, and uh, I have some issues, which usually you're going to find out that everybody has fucking issues. And that kind of takes away a lot of that fear and guilt and shame, because you realize that everybody has some obstacle mentally that they're dealing with us there's very very few completely serene self-actualized calm people in the world everyone has something so if maybe you have a little bit more like in my case and perhaps your case then that's just means that we need to get a little bit more support so when you started to make your way into the lifestyle Did you seek out support? Did you have some people outside of the lifestyle that kind of helped you, or did you just kind of go on your own?
2: I had support from people outside of the lifestyle that were helping me. I had a friend that was kind of coming into the community with me, but that ended up biting me in the ass because I trusted the wrong person um thankfully by that time i had a decent foothold into the community and i had made some friends within it and so i had people to stand by me and i was able to stay in the community but yeah it was definitely a struggle but
0: definitely glad that worked out for you so
2: what's your kink history um so i have been kinky for as long as i can remember um, even as a kid, I, I didn't realize that what I was was kinky. I just thought I was playful, and I liked to play games and have fun, and that uh, why would you do that in the bedroom? Um, turns out, that means you're kinky, and <laughs> that was that was interesting realization. Um, but I did all the things that you're not supposed to do. I found people online. I didn't get to know them. I did a lot of really high-risk behavior because I thought that that was the the best that I could get. Like, I thought I was too damaged that nobody worth their salt would ever want to play with me. And so I thought I had to settle for the creepy guys on the internet that take advantage of lonely, depressed girls. Turns out that's not a good idea. I had... Mostly things were okay. Nothing was ever good. I had a lot of emotional it wasn't good for me emotionally because there was never any aftercare and no support. It was play with the thing and throw it away. And that 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 was not good for me. Right. I was kinda I had I finally hit a wall and Um, I played with the guy that I called Red on multiple times, and he'd take a break and then convince me that I needed to keep going, and it ended up in a 10-hour play scene, and I got really sick afterwards because my body basically went into shock and so I was like I can't do this anymore and I decided it was time to actually start educating myself and figuring out like what I can do in order to be kinky and not do it in the way I was doing it. So I started reading books, I found websites, I eventually stumbled onto you guys and you, Your podcast really inspired me to like step up and do the work and get the self-worth that I needed to have the confidence in order to join an actual community and stop playing on the creepy webs of the internet.
0: I think that's an amazing story. I mean, of course, you wish that we had a culture to where the good end made it so you could just completely avoid that trial by fire that literally just eats some people up and then they never pursue their sexuality because they have some bad experiences which i'm not saying you can't have bad experiences in the community obviously you can but there's not really any accountability or support uh outside of the the community i just wish we didn't have to have these types of conversations where people can't know ahead of time That there are communities, that there are large groups of people that your desires are not different from that many people. Um, There's a lot of kinky people out there and that there are places that you can go that will support you and hopefully give you the ethical side of kinky play and accountability and that if you do have a bad time that you can work through it and that there's support and it's amazing every time somebody goes through some bad experiences, but they still keep fighting. And I think that's very courageous that you did keep fighting to see if there was something better for you and who you want to be as a person. And I just, I just wanted to to say that, that I know I wasn't there, um, but I'm really proud of you as a person. I think, I think that's a great example to the people who are listening. And that is why we, We do the show.
2: I tried going vanilla a couple times, and that just (laughs) led to a lot of fighting. Um, because like I need to be spanked on a regular basis, or I have problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bless yeah, your I heart, can't,
0: young lady.
2: I, I can't be vanilla; it's just not in me. And like accepting that part of me, accepting the fact that I this is something I need in a relationship. Um. Helped me realize that I need to, you know, do the things in order to be able to have this in a healthy way in a relationship. That just going through the motions and winging it and, you know, hoping to find something is not gonna cut it. It's it's worth it. Like, it's, I am so lucky. I am in a wonderful relationship with a very natural daddy. Um, and he takes wonderful care of me and spoils me and loves me, and I would not have this had I not done all the work on myself in order to get here. I finally feel like I have the life I've wanted. I mean, it's not perfect. I still have issues, and there's lots of problems, but you know what? I'm, I got my main boxes checked.
0: Fantastic. That is the best note that we can end our little chat on. I wrote Panda... You're awesome.
2: Thank you for all that you do. I, I really, like I said, you've been a huge influence on me. And I really appreciate everything you guys do with this. And I know it's hard for you to hear this bookie. But you're fantastic. And I'm totally a groupie. And my daddy tells me that I have a boner for you, which is, <laughs> Yeah. I've had a little bit of a crush because you're like an amazing daddy, and I'm a little, and I'm like he's wonderful, and my daddy has a lot in common
0: with you. Well, I <laughs> from everything so far that I've heard uh, about your daddy, I'm I'm that makes me happy too because there are a lot of good partners out there, and they just need a chance to shine, and they need good little boys and good little girls to. To help bring out the best in them, you know, so what you give to your daddy is benefiting him as well. It's not just a one-sided thing. And I've heard that from little girls that I've daddied and, and no, a good little girl, somebody that gives you, that gives you power, that gives you inspiration to dig deeper into yourself and grow. So I think you've helped your daddy probably just as much as he's helped you. And I think that's, that's fantastic. I hope so. All right, Panda, we will talk to you very soon. We're going to get back to the rest of the show. Bye. Is a zebra labia all covered with stripes? Seek our godly wisdom on some fucking advice.
1: So this week, we got two uh, questions I'm very happy about. Let me just tell you, when I see those questions pop up in the inbox, I'm like, We have something to
0: talk about on the show. People, listen. <laughs> see, true. that's manipulation, by the way, Kathy. I. Why are you throwing that's that you at getting, me? <laughs> that's getting what you want. See, you're manipulative, too. People are manipulative. You guilted uh, the listeners, and they're like, true. I better start thinking of some shit to give to Kathy. It's part of life.
1: I am a manipulative cunt. I will admit that. Absolutely, I
0: didn't add. I didn't say that. What I did just I say? Ju- s-
1: okay, I am going to go Fine, on Kathy, you are a
0: cunt. Fine, be a cunt. Take I, your cunt. I'm not I actually okay. like.
1: I like that word, and I like being referred to as a cunt. You can refer to me as a cunt all you want. Will make me very
0: happy. <laughs> I had dirty thoughts just now about you.
1: You, you know what? I take it back. Don't okay, go back. All right, you knew what I was going to say. Take it back. Jenny Bean17 wrote to us and she says, Been listening for about a month. I fucking love you all so much. However, I have a problem and I need some fucking advice. Well, Jenny Bean, you have come to the right place. She says, I had some fun playing with wax earlier. Fucking incredible, by the way. But there's now dried wax flakes everywhere. I spent 20 minutes hoovering the bed and there's still little flecks of wax all over the sheets. Firstly, Can I just dump the sheets in the washing machine? Will this melt the wax off or will it clog the machine? And if that doesn't work, what do I do? And secondly, what's the sensible way to avoid this happening in the future? Oh, (sighs) wax god boogie, please lay your wisdom on us.
0: (laughs) When I read that, I was just like, oh, oh, oh." because, you know, it's such an it is true. Waxplay is amazing. We have so many perverted podcast listeners from Unger to so many, so many of our listeners that I so wish this this listener could have talked to first. Because we all know wax is amazing and the connection and it's beautiful and sometimes painful and whatever. But the, the cleaning aspect of wax play is suck. Always, yeah. It's it's just literally it. And there's a few things. Like first off, when I heard about the sheets, I'm like, "There's ah, you know what? Don't wash it in hot water because you're just gonna spread the wax around. Maybe take it outside and shake the hell out of it. Beat it against the banister as much as you can to get as much of the wax out." And then wash it in cold water with a lot of soap and see if maybe you can get some of it out. I would not, I mean, unless somebody has some other magical trick, I don't really, I can't. You might have ruined the sheets. I have heard (laughs) Uh, of people
1: who put the all, just crumple the sheets up and put them in the freezer. And then the shaking off is easier once they come out. Right. Okay. That's, that's,
0: Yeah. yeah, that's another, that's another good. And I'm sure, obviously, you can probably. Um, go online and and find a a bunch of other great little tips that may help you a little bit That there. Um, But basically, always remember, before you do any wax play, before we talk about the wax and all that stuff, it's put down a tarp. And it was great because I did respond to this listener when they sent in and they're all, you mean like a construction tarp? Like they put over a pile of wood and I'm like, exactly (laughs) that tarp exactly or that I, thickness that big ugly blue tarp would be preferential because that tarp can easily be taken out the next day shaken hard and then rinsed off and you're ready to use it again
1: or get really the, um just uh, me I would never do that because I don't like having to even clean off that I would just buy the cheapest cheapest 99 cent store you know um curtain shower curtain from boogie and just lay that out and then throw it (laughs) away later because i mean i know people who just lay down those really inexpensive large rolls of sheeting all over
0: that's the painters and that was the other thing that i told her that i i use most of the time now i don't use the blue tarps unless i'm doing a big scene where i'm taking over half the room and i'm putting like two or three girls you know all over the place um but mostly the painters, the really thin painters uh, plastic that comes in a roll. It's really like it's, it blows in the wind. It's very, very thin. And you just lay that over the floor area because the wax is going to come off the table at some point because somebody has to get off the table. And no matter how much you get it all off, there's still going to be little pieces. So you want to have the area on the floor about two feet Beyond two three feet beyond uh, the table or bed whatever area and then you want to cover the area that's um, that you're going to be laying the person on and even then you still have to be careful like I will literally have a section where okay the tarps end here and this is where your slippers go. You do not, once you enter this tarp area, you're leaving your shoes there because the shoes will pick up wax like nobody's business and then grind it through the rest of your house in the carpet and it'll be horrible. Edge of the tarp, get out of those sandals, go do your wax play, walk back to those slippers, take those slippers straight to the shower, hot water get the wax off you, and then carefully roll up the tarp.
1: Yeah, and wax play preparation is everything. The more prep you put into it, the easier it is when you're done with it. Um,
0: yeah, and and then you can focus on the fun, because it does kind of, it's kind of anticlimactic when you've had this great scene, and then you're like, oh, I just fucked up my mom's sheets, or, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, just, God, oops. you never, never do wax play on a bed on uh, over regular sheets. I mean, I know friends
0: <laughs> who who
1: only do wax play in their garage. Even tarping it and laying down plastic, they still will only do it in the garage.
0: But yeah, you're in that moment, you know, and it's, and the, you don't see that in, in the movies. Exactly. You know, they just, you know, they just like grab a dinner candle, which you shouldn't because it burns at 140 degrees. They just grab something, start pouring it off, and it's hot. So it is important. And that's why we have this show and all of our magical listeners that have all sent in their tips and pictures and stuff like that. So in future going forward, you know, hopefully you have some some better tips. And email uh, us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. We'll answer anything we can. We're not that big and famous that we can't answer emails uh, about <laughs> questions about pre stuff. And if I know about (laughs) stuff, like I just got asked again about Fireplay and whatever, and I'm like, okay, there's some things that make it easier, you know, Let's all pool our information together. Yeah.
1: I love how you say we're not that big and famous that we can't answer questions. You know what? We're not big and famous at all. You make it sound like we're big and famous, but we haven't reached that level yet.
0: Look, let me use the word (laughs) that, okay? Just give me the that. Because we do have a big church, you know? We have a church, and we do get emails. And, you know, I I have to ride lawnmowers now, so I have, you know, I'm not completely dedicated all my time to answering questions right. only 16 oh, okay. hours a day you know
1: <laughs> only 16 hours <laughs> show 271 oh people that show 271 thank suckers. you suckers ch- what <laughs> don't call our suckers. listeners suckers oh my god <laughs> yeah.
0: you got to the end you're like I should just stop now I should just stop now it's like that train wreck you're watching and you're like I should just walk away and it's like ah you're at the end you actually did it you have to say you listened to the whole show why do
1: suckers. people tune in to us when they hear shit like that? I do not know. Okay. Th- thank you for joining us today and indeed for joining us during any show you've listened to. If you're a PP Zam, an Apocalypse Master, or even a Zit, write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what's going on in your kinky solitude. We give humble thanks to all of our Patreon supporters If you feel moved to help us continue providing content every week, consider donating $5 as a one-time gift or as often as you'd like. Visit patreon.com forward slash pervertedpodcast. And as always, don't forget to visit us on fetlife.com under the group name Perverted Podcast.
0: And once again, thank you so much to our glorious show sponsor, Headley, who has been there week after week for a very long time now, supporting us and giving us that extra edge on top of what our patrons are giving us. And such like light- what? I should have ended that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucked up. i gonna maybe try that again or something. I, uh, I uh, something. <laughs> and of course, once again, I'd like to. S- oh, shit, God fucking fuck <laughs> me, damn it. I hate retakes, I never do. It's gonna be 70 of them right
2: now. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, let me stop, stop laughing. Stop laughing at me, Kathy! <laughs> stop! <laughs>
0: And I once try- again, we'd like to give us a shout out, Caddy. I'm trying to do the thing.
2: <laughs> Stop
0: laughing. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. You are hold. not making this easy. Okay, I'll pull straight. the mic away. Hold on. <laughs> Just Jesus Christ. And once again, we'd like to give a special thanks to our show sponsor, Glorious, Glorious Edley, who has come through week after week to help us get to that next level, along with our patron subscribers and along with our fantastic listeners that tell all their friends and family and churches about. About us, yeah, right. So they can, <laughs> so they can keep the perverted podcast love alive. If you would like to be in a listener segue, please email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and get yourself a questionnaire filled out so we can have you on the show as well. So much excitement, Kathy! Uh-huh. I hate to end the show, but <laughs> we're just gonna do it. Yeah, we will we see you next week. Come hell, high water, or Kathy screaming in the distance as she puts away <laughs> on the John Deere rideable mower. <laughs> lawn after lawn after lawn. I love this <laughs> farm today, I just had to get away. City life was frying my brain, and how? Grandma said, come up and play, take some time and smell the hay, hell boy, we even learn you to milk a cow. Well, that seems to be a pleasant offer. Grandma, I shall accept. Well, the next morning at the crack of dawn, I heard a voice yell, coffee's on, and I went downstairs, though my head was still not well. Grandma said, I'll feed the sows, but take this boy and milk that cow. And I looked at my hand, and there was a metal pail.
2: Hmm.
0: A strange, primitive milking instrument. What do I do with it? Now I've pulled off tougher shows, so off to the big red barn I go. I found that cow and saddled up my stool. I guess my hands were a little cold, because when I grabbed that tip, that cow did go. Yo dee, lo dee, lo lo lay. Oh. Sure is irritable! What's happening? That cow took off at the speed of light and I held on for dear sweet life. My grandma laughed so hard it made her howl. <laughs> I don't care if the ride was free, it wasn't a thrill for me to see a tour of a barn from the underside of a cow. I left the farm the very next day, I'd had enough of the smell of hay. At least in the city, I don't look like a fool. So that night I had a big red steak in honor of the cow that I made go lodi lodi People actually worship these things? They belong on a car seat. So here's a song about a old stupid cow! Yeehaw!